Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we got a great show for you. We have yes, we have Bugsy Drake, who is an author and actress. When Bugsy stepped aboard the yacht as second stew on Bravo's Below Deck Mediterranean, she showed the world the magic of tablescaping. Her gorgeous over-the-top themes have captivated guests and earned her legions of devoted fans. And we're excited to have her on, so yes. welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's so much fun to be here with you today. Same here. Same and, here. You know, as we were talking before the show about COVID and how it's changed things. Oh yeah. How has COVID affected you, and what are some things you've done to kind of maneuver through this crazy new maze we have? Well, being in the yachting industry, it's actually it's actually been quite funny because I've spoken about this quite a bit. It hasn't affected the yachting industry as much as you would think. Oh, wow. um, which has been which has been quite amazing. Um, other than the fact that I've had like maybe over now maybe over 50 nasal swabs because <laughs> <laughs> we have to we have to be tested um every time before charter guests come and charter the yacht so ah. all through and the guests have to both be tested to make sure everybody is obviously negative um yes, yes. so that's allowed us to kind of be able to move but there's been so many logistics involved because for since the since the pandemic hit, um, you know the yacht that I've been on, we've stayed this side of the ocean and not gone to Europe, and we've had oh, like wow. logistic logistical nightmares getting into various uh, ports from like Saint Barts to Turks and Caicos to more recently uh, the Dominican Republic, but um, everything has to be lined up so um just so precisely so that as you get in there you know there's always like a three three day out um test to be done and you have to fit within the days to be able to enter the various ports so everything has to be calculated very specifically there's a lot of logistics involved but um yeah for the the yachting industry it, it hasn't had as much of an impact like it has on the rest of the world oh well and wow. if you're watching this live or replay please share 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 oh um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's like for us, you know, the whole COVID thing actually exploded us because, you know, as we was telling you before the show, we launched a couple months before in January 2020. And it was like um, we thought, you know, we want to do 100 interviews our first year. We thought if we could do that, it would be amazing. And, and we were kind of we thought that was pushing it. Right. And then COVID happened. <laughs> and I told Sandy, I was like, you know what? As we're watching the entertainment industry go down, I was like, they're going to need a place to talk. Right. We're going to be the ones that give it to them. Because I think at the very beginning, everybody thought it was going to be coming back. So a lot yeah. of the radio stations and all that, they really didn't do the virtual interviews for a while. For so sure. we stepped in and did right. that. And because of that, we cemented our show in because we did over 300 interviews last year. Wow. Wow. And your, and your aim was 100 and you, you did over 300. Yes. Wow. That's fantastic. I mean, I, I think that, you know, obviously that was like the silver lining for you in the, in the podcast. It for was. Sure. And mm -hmm. like a lot of people ask me as well when I, um, you know, I took two months out of last year during the pandemic to kind of put my book together, which is the, yeah. the first book I put together. And a lot of people said, oh, well, you know, do you think it's a good idea? Should you not wait until the pandemic's over? And I kind of thought, well, you know what? So many more people are entertaining at home right now. 
um, you know, not being able to go to restaurants. Obviously, more recently, things have started to open back up again. So it's kind of works both ways for me in terms of doing the book because I was like, either you can get inspiration to set like a table at home and entertain guests at home, or you can kind of celebrate the idea of the, the fact that we're all able to start gathering again um, yes. in up and coming time. So it's kind of yeah. working out mm -hmm. both ways. Um, right. But it's fantastic, just what you're saying with your podcast, like how you, you manage to take something <laughs> so negative and turn it into something really positive. So that's incredible. Yeah, because, you know, in fact, I was even on a thread today, talk, we're talking about a friend of mine on Facebook, and he was asking people, to add, um, comment on any, anything, whether it's people, um, events, whatever, and he'll tell you the first thing that comes to his mind. So I said, our show, and and he, he commented back, said, for a new show, you've gotten guests I could have never imagined. Wow. <laughs> and, wow. And, and that really speaks to the pandemic slows so yeah. much that, that when it happened, I just said, you know what? Most times, bigger guests are not going to come on a new show, but we're going to reach out to everybody. I bet, I bet, I get a hundred rejections, rejections oh, a month least, or not. more because I reach out and I re I mean, I've even reached out to people like Brad Pitt, Blake Shelton. You, yeah, <laughs> I've went to Justin Bieber, Taylor Swift. I've, yes, I've done all that, and, and and you know what? Even though they turn me down, I'll reach back a month later and a month later because what I've learned is. Like we, we had Sarah Evans on recently. It took me six months to get her on. So right. I've learned persistence pays off. Persistence is key. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's all about the hustle and the grind. And what you put in is what you get out. And like, I think that's what my, my dad always said to me. It's all about P and E, like time and effort. And right. how much time mm -hmm. and effort you put into something is what you what you will reap in the in the end. So I think that's that's such a great sort of uh, story to hear with regards to your podcast. That's fantastic. <laughs> so let's backtrack a little bit before Bravo, um, BB before Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? Tell us your backstory a little bit. Right. So I I grew up in South Africa. Um, in a small little coastal town called Belito. Um, it's in Durban, so it's on the east coast of South Africa. Um, and I kind of grew up after school, went into studying film. I did a year oh, of wow. film, and I really, really wanted to be in the entertainment industry. Um, but obviously, it's such a it's such a hard industry to get into and get your your foot in the door. And it's all about who you know and the connections you have. And you know, you need the experience to to get the first job, but you don't. <laughs> experience as one of those catch-22s. <laughs> um, I, I studied film for about four years um, and got my degree and then I was like well where to now I, I don't know what to do and one of one of the girls who was actually living with me at the time she was studying something completely different she had graduated the year before me and kind of got involved in the yachting industry and she oh, said wow. to me oh. I think you should give this a go. I think you'll really love it. And she said to me, she like Kate Hudson on her yacht and all these different celebrities. And I was like, I was a bit starstruck, like hearing all these. <laughs> and I was like, wow. this is this is definitely. But I, at the same time, I thought, oh, I don't know if I really want to go onto a yacht to have to, 
you know, clean people's bathrooms and make beds. And I, I was just kind of like at the, po at the point in my life where I didn't think I was too good for it, but I was like, well, I've studied now and do I really yeah, yeah, know what to do? So um, anyway, she said to me, well, give it a go. Just give it a shot. Like see if you can get a, a job and you might not even get a job and just get out there and hustle, make a bit of money and go and travel the world um, before you get into the real working world. And I thought, you know what, there's no time like the present to do something like this. So I kind of um, got my ticket, flew over to France and I landed my, like I had to walk up and down the docks, basically handing out my resume. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Talk about persistence. Yeah. yeah. That was like 5 a.m. like wake ups, going to like catching trains to Monaco in the south of France to go outside and you know i had to overcome the fear of being um embarrassed by like begging for a job but basically you know it paid off and i, I landed my first job like somebody gave me a chance and it was on an 80 meter um yacht with 21 crew so it was a really really big charter yacht um oh, wow. and i kind of it was funny because i joined the yacht as a very junior stewardess and literally within the first six months, I was like, I can be the chief stewardess on this boat. But little did I know, I was like too eager to like be the head honcho there. And there was so mm -hmm. much to learn. Um, and, you know, three years later, after, after learning the laundry and learning all the housekeeping and how to make cocktails. And I tell, I tell the story in my, my book, but my, the first table setting I ever did was um, completely shut down by my chief stewardess. And she was like, no, 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 this is... This is not what you're good at. Like you need to stick in your lane. And oh, I was disappointed wow. because I was like, oh my gosh. And anyway, uh, long story short, four years later, um, kind of my the world of film and yachting collided when I was below <laughs> deck. So it was kind of like a, a happy sort of, you know, um, what's medium. the word? A happy medium for sure. Happy medium. So how did you find the whole Bravo thing? I mean, well, how did that happen? So it was funny because there's a there's quite a few casting directors out there that actually approach yacht crew, you know, to see if they want to partake in the in the show. Um, the show itself, I think, yacht crew are warming up to it more and more now. But you know, it has a little bit of a stigma within the yachting community of being a bad move for your career um, right. because they, they feel like you won't get another job if you do the show because the captains might just think you're all about the drama or. Oh, okay. Theme and, you know, so a lot of yacht crew kind of steer clear of that and they just like, no, not for me. But, um, you know, I was, I was kind of put forward by a couple of uh, friends to one of the producers. They, they had reached out to a couple of my friends and they said, no, but we know the perfect person because I'm very, oh. Outgoing and, and whatnot. So I kind of had a call with the casting uh, directors and yeah, before I knew it, I was, I was cast on the show and it was a, it was a fantastic experience. And, you know, I continued to work on yachts after that. So um, I was very lucky. I just thought, you know, it all boils down to what you can experience in life and what opportunities you take. And I absolutely loved it. And then landed back on uh, season five again, two years later from the first season I did. So you got, you know, so literally when you look back at your past, you know, where you almost didn't go into yachting. Right. Th that led you to where you wanted to be. For sure. And I always look back on that and think if I had never done that, I never would have, you know, been on this reality show, um, you know, be, be cast in one of these shows. And so it's all just been, yeah, it's been my my plan, my path plan, I guess. 
So, and yes, it was a great story. Yes. <laughs> so um, what surprised you the most? Well, it would take us two ways. What surprised you the most within the yachting industry? And what surprised you the most once you got on the show? So that's a tough question because a lot of <laughs> A lot, it's like a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a lot um, surprised me. It could be a good surprise. It don't have to be a bad surprise. That's true. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, I was surprised at how um, how I'm a very claustrophobic person. So quarters oh, wow. oh. of like the the beds and whatnot, and you're sharing with a bunkmate, and it's very close quarters and all of that. I was very surprised at how I was able to cope with that and adapt to that so easily. Um, and even just the storage of everything from, you know, um, linens for the beds to table decor to cutlery and crockery, how much one of those yachts can actually store is incredible. Oh, wow. you know, like um, it's the, the beds lift up and they become storage on a lot of the yachts. Like you have all these push out cupboards and, you know, a lot of these, these builds of these yachts just have incredible ways of storing things. So it's almost like Mary Poppins's bag where you open it up and just all these things. Oh, awesome. um, and what surprised me most about being on below deck itself, I have to say from an outsider's perspective before I did the show is just how real the show is and how, mm -hmm. You know, they capture the essence of what yachting is about without any any interference. Oh, so wow. Because I kind of imagine going on to the show, I was kind of going to get a script in hand in a way, and they were kind of going to tell me, you know, what to do, who to get along with, who not to get along some with. some do. Yeah, yeah some do. So that's what really surprised me about Below Deck is that um, they're just so authentic and capture it so truthfully. Um, and a lot of, and I actually, I'm so, I'm so, I think it's so great how they do that because a lot of people have approached me and said, oh, well, you know, yachting's not really like that. And I say, oh my gosh, some of the boats <laughs> on, like it's worse than what you see on reality. <laughs> <laughs> what do they say to that? when you say that? They're like, really? Well, what can you tell us? And I'm just like, because they want to, they want to know the juicy the details, stuff, the juicy, the juicy details. Yeah, I mean, on a, on a lot of the boats you work on, I think like probably most majority of them, we we have to sign like uh, NDAs, so like non-disclosure agreements. Oh, okay. um, you have a, a lot of high-profile guests on board, right? So, yeah. and a lot of yeah. on board to um to kind of protect their privacy and all of that. They they want to be on holiday with their family or with uh, their husband. Oh. Or and just you know the crew have to be extremely professional which is what i'll say like on the on the below deck shows you know you've got these people coming on the show that are seen by the world so <laughs> all of the, like their behaviors and like whatever they kind of get up to on the show is seen by millions um which can sometimes be a complete contrast to to how some of the guests do behave on on yachts Oh, well, I love that. So let's fast forward to your book. Tell us why you wrote the book and tell us a little bit of backstory of the book. Right. So um, like I said in the beginning of my yachting career, I was kind of shut down on the first table I ever did. Um, and I kind of worked my way up to being a chief stewardess, which I, you know, I worked so hard at and I just wanted to be in charge of my own interior and be able to kind of dictate what goes on and how things are done and, and the decor around and how we set tables and whatnot. And um, 
when I when I actually landed my first chief stewardess position, which for people who don't know is like the top manager of the interior, I um I was able to throw my first major party in Saint Tropez. And the the charter guest at the time gave me like an unlimited budget. He was like, you know, go all out. I want the best of the best. I want, you know, you come up with the color scheme, you come up with everything, but I want to impress all like 40, I think he had about 40 guests come on board. Oh, wow. And blue and white color scheme. And um, you know, I had this beautiful big like orchid, blue and white orchid curtain, and we had to um crane ice sculptures onto the boat. Um, because they were so big and I did this oh, wow. party and I think that was the first kind of um, you know the first instance where I realized just how passionate I was about throwing these high-end events and really like wowing the guests with with yeah. Yeah. And things kind of kind of go and um, funny enough my mom runs a boutique wedding venue so I kind of grew up around the whole creative, um, you know, event setup and whatnot. And um, after I did the show on Below Deck Made season five, they focused so much on my tablescapes, which I was so grateful for and oh, so wow. about because wow. it's a huge part of why people charter yachts is they want to be entertained and they want to be wild and, you know, they want the best of the best. So um, they focused a lot on my themes and about on my tables. And there was like a huge fan reaction um, where people actually got really excited about it and were reaching uh, to me on social media and saying, can you give us tips on how to fold your napkin this way and how to set this? And, you know, can you just give us ideas of, of what to add to different themes? And it was just such a funny thing because I was like, this is a very weird hobby for me to have, like spinning tape. <laughs> um, and then, just through the pandemic like you were saying with the podcast um it kind of was a silver lining to me like people reached out to put a book together and i thought well you know why not like this is the perfect opportunity i've got the time um i've got tons of photos i've got people who who want it so i thought what better way than to write it and you know there's no time like the present like i've said before so that's kind of you know and then captain sandy who's on the show with me too she wrote the forward for my book and oh cool oh, wow. inspiration in in writing the book because she um she just really encouraged me on below deck mid season five um to kind of go all out with the high-end service and the tablescaping and the themes, so it was really a lot of fun, and I think you know the more people get into it, the more fun it can become. Because I always like to say it's like an adventure for your guests at the table. So tell us your top few tips of tablescaping in your eyes. Yes. Okay, so I I go with the form. It was funny because also writing this book, I it kind of comes to me naturally, but not everybody's uh, creatively inclined, right? So. Yeah. Um, it was kind of hard for me to think how to teach it. <laughs> I came up with a basic formula, which is height, color, and texture. So I always think playing with different heights is like mm -hmm. super important. Mm -hmm. So whatever, if you've got some vases of flowers or different ornaments, it's all different heights. And then your colors. I think color is so important. So, um, you know, and it doesn't all have to match. So I always joke and say there's no rules when it comes to tablescaping because you go all out. Um, and then texture. I think it's so it's so fun to have like angled objects, rounder, smoother, and that all just kind of like ties in. So you'd have like a square placemat with maybe a round plate 
or a round placemat with a square plate. And I think all the different shapes and angles and textures really just kind of heighten the way your tablescape turns up. Wow, I love that. <laughs> now, let's flip the script. We talked about some of the positive things that you've done. Let's go the other way a little bit because, you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of like celebrities and all of that and the glory of CEOs and the glory of what you do. Um, but they don't see the sacrifice, the struggles, the tears that it takes, the grind to right. do what you get to do on a daily basis. And I always want to talk about that side of it because I think on most podcasts, that side's sugarcoated. That's I don't true. ever want to do that. I want to make sure people understand that no, it don't matter what type of success you have, you're going to have that grind. You're going to have your struggles. And I kind of want to start here because um, I think this is important in this day and time. I was reading the Bravo article that he did on you for your book and I read some of the comments. Right. And I'm going through and like, my God, people are mean. Right. And, I, and, I, yeah, and, so, and so let's start there. As you're a growing celebrity. Right. How have you, because again, in our day and time when we were young, even if we were celebrities, you didn't have social media. Now sure. social media, you got the trolls and all that. So how do you personally handle that side of it? So that's, I think that's such a, a hot like point to touch on. Like it's a hot topic because, um, you know, doing, doing the first season I ever did, which was Below Deck Med season two, I'm a very positive person and I've always kind of grown up that way. You know, like my parents always uh, instilled just like positivity and kindness and all of this. Mm -hmm. And I've always grown up that way, just being, you know, um, true to yourself and not really trying to block yeah. haters. But when I did Below Deck Med season two, it was just kind of, it's funny because I, I think back to it now, it was kind of when Instagram and all of this was starting to really take off. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. <clears throat> back in 2016, I remember having Instagram and it was like, it wasn't new, new, but it was starting to take off with this yeah. with reality. Yeah. Now it's like blown up. But um, I remember I went through, I went through absolute hell during season two because um, you know, I had a conflict with the chief stewardess Hannah on the on season two, and she had already established like a very strong fan base from doing yeah. it. Oh, yes. So the minute I stayed true to myself and like stood stood up to her, you know, I got all of her loyal fan base coming back at me. Um, absolutely ripping me to shreds for stuff for something that I was only doing like being true to myself and you know I didn't necessarily think it was anything bad yeah, um, yeah. I had my fans but you know I I got absolutely attacked and and whatnot and I started I really went into like a dark space um wow. actually going back into season five my my whole family was worried about me doing it and they said you know are you sure you want to do this again? Because I just, yeah, I went into just, I became super insecure after it because people attack your looks, they attack your weight, they attack your family. It's just, it's crazy what these trolls kind of go after. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You start to question yourself and start to question your worth. Um, and I think it's, you know, for somebody who's maybe not very uh, stable, luckily I was pretty stable with a very yeah. strong yeah. support system. But for anyone who doesn't have like that strong support system and, and you know, maybe this mental stability that you need to go through this, yeah. it's yeah. very dangerous. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, coming back in 2005, I just kind of, um, you know, I, I've grown a skin since then. And of course, things hurt, but a lot of the time I, I kind of learned to laugh it off and just kind of try and ignore it. <laughs> And, you know, I always want to talk about this side of things because I, I want, you know, even if it could help one person who's a troll, if they watch this and they hear what you go through and other people go through when they're doing that, then it's we've done our part. Because I, I right. think that sometimes, you know, because one thing I've learned is hurt people hurt people. Right. And and so they're lashing out at you because they've been hurt in the past. And so. I just wish yeah, people would understand cycle. that they're in this yeah. cycle and they're doing to you what they probably have wished never happened to them. For sure. And I think, I think at the end of the day, I was saying this, I think to a friend yesterday, if people become so invested in these reality shows, which is, which is all good. You know, we love to have people along for the journey and along for the yeah. run. Not, but I think a lot of the time they forget that the people on the show actually human, <laughs> and they, they are they live in real lives. Like so, I know even on um, season two, I I lost my grand while I was on the show, and mm -hmm. I chose to yeah. stay on. And she was like a she was one of my best friends, and yeah. I just kind of stayed on with it and whatnot. And some people would come out and attack me even about my grand who I'd lost. Like wow. it, that's <laughs> And and it's not. It's it's the reality of what what goes on. But um, I agree with the with the statement. Hurt people hurt people because that a lot of the time is a huge thing. And as I've kind of gone through, you know, growing from the 2016 to when I did the show last, which was 2019, I just kind of you know just reminded myself to continue to be kind, even to the even to those who are not kind. Yeah. Um, you know, luckily on on Instagram and whatnot, you have the the block button, so you can block people. And a lot of yes. people do that now. I never used to. I kind of retaliate back at them and kind of give them a comeback. But I realize the more that you do yeah, that, that makes it worse. It, it does way worse. <laughs> yeah, you feed right into what they actually wanted. Exactly, Cause, the attention because they want the yeah. attention. You know, they want to take attention from you and put on them. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I think even like, you know, today there's just so much of this big um, cancel culture out there that oh, yes. jump onto social media and try to just say whatever they can say about whatever you post. So you have to also be really careful about what you post, even, you know, because people take things out of context. Yeah, they do. Um, mm -hmm. They can start um, creating like an argument. Um, where that's not even the intention behind like maybe a post or something that's said. So it's just, yeah, I think the world today is a very scary place. <laughs> and I've got friends that are on like all different sides, like politically. And I always try to tell them like if someone else says something and even if you don't agree with it, if people attack them, you should take up for them. Right. And they're like, I ain't taking up for them. It's like, you don't get it. Cancel culture don't care who you are. If right. you take up for them, they take up for you. Eventually, we can crush the cancel culture. But if we all are on our own little side, cancel culture wins. Yeah, exactly. And it's such a big thing these days. So um, I, I agree with that. I think that, you know, people need to support one another instead of uh, canceling. You don't have to agree with what someone believes to support them. Exactly. I agree. I agree with that. Like, you don't have to agree with them. But um 
you know, to support somebody. We all have our different um, outlooks and opinions. And I think mm -hmm. it's very interesting for me as a South African um, oh, wow. to like a very Americanized culture because my life has now become very Americanized because of the fact that, um, you know, I work on boats in America. Um, mm -hmm. I've done the show. So majority of my, my fan base and people who interact with me um, are from the U.S., so it's been interesting for me to like adapt and to like um, educate myself on the different, different ways of American society. So I think it's it's interesting, but um, you know I'm very careful what I say and who I. Say. <laughs> so what do people back home think? You know, back in South Africa about the about the about show? everything. Yeah, about you and you know yeah. that, that knew you everything back before. Right. I mean, so South Africa is very behind in terms of all things Bravo. <laughs> like, um, they just actually got season two to season five all in one go. Um, oh, wow. Pandemic, I think, you know, um, they've kind of realized, I think the show is going on Netflix now and, you know, people need oh, things okay. to watch. So um, it's a good good way to kind of escape reality, to jump on a yacht on TV and kind of travel to all these different places. Um, so South Africa has just kind of seen um, the the seasons that I've been on, and I've had a lot of support and a lot of great wow. people. So it'll be interesting. I haven't been home in in over a year and a half now, which mm. was a, which is wow. another struggle to to what yachting is all about. You know that people yeah. are from the glamour side is. You, you're away from your friends and family from long for long periods of time. So it will be interesting for me to kind of see what, what it will be like when I head back there um, for the first time since everyone's seen the show. That is awesome. Now, as you know, a lot of people, they see you, but they don't see the teams behind you and the kinds of celebrities and all the different people. And in our opinion, they don't get the love they deserve. No. So we want to make sure they get the love. So take a few moments just to tell us about the team behind you. Oh, for sure. I mean, well, the team behind the show as well as me. I mean, I've got, you know, I like first off, just with the show, they have like an incredible um, behind the scenes sort of thing. And I always just say they are so incredibly talented, you know, from the producers, the well, the casting directors, the producers, um, and then the cameramen and all the assistants who kind of work behind the scenes on the show. Um, I always say the cameramen are the most cameramen and women are the most talented people because they, you know, they they've got to capture all these moments as well as being like, on a moving ship, allowing the crew to do their jobs. And I, I always laugh because I used to I used to feel so bad because I'm very quick to move and uh, I I run on the boat getting stuff done because I'm very very fast paced and like a lot of the time the cameramen and women are like oh my gosh can you slow down and i'm like <laughs> um but yeah huge and very talented um team behind that and then personally in my life i've got a very talented pr team um you know i've got uh yeah, we love them oh yes they're me. great yeah they're so fantastic and then um you know i've got a, a, a fantastic brand manager a, a lady called marissa who's worked very, very closely with me on the whole project and bringing it all to life. Um, and then, yeah, uh, the publishers of my book have been fantastic. It's just been a great journey. And I think people behind the scenes really put in all, their all to make things a success. So, yeah, I'm proud and happy with my team that I've got.
You know, speaking of teams, we have a third co-host that we bring on, our little nine-year-old. Yeah. He likes to ask a couple of questions to each guest. So yes. Sandy's going to go get him real quick. Yes, I will get him. Um, and we've got a two-year-old daughter that when she gets older, she'll be plugged into the show too. Oh, that's brilliant. It'll be like a family affair. That's the plan. So we have to be careful when, if, when we do get big enough where we get a lot of trolls because we'll probably like ban, 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 ban. Block, 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 block. But like I remember um, we interviewed a 13-year-old girl, this really this big YouTube star. Right. And I noticed if you go to her YouTube channel, they keep comments off. Oh, really? I mean, Which is, like, which is smart because she's 13. So, I mean. And I think, I think that's, you know, good or bad. I think that really would help her being 13 because even the good comments can kind of sometimes, you know, like falsify your and really make you feel you know, very, very big, you know, and then you get these negative comments that bring you down so hard. So I think that's why it becomes a roller coaster. hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I've, I've, I've experienced that myself. So hello, young man. Uh, hi, hi, Bugsy. So uh, what's your favorite food? What's my favorite food? Um, I have to go with pizza. I love pizza. Oh. Mm. What's yours? Pizza. Is yours also pizza? Yes. Oh my gosh! If ever I can eat it all day long, I'll have to come have a pizza with you. They <laughs> <laughs> could eat it all day long. You could. <laughs> okay, so what's your first TV show? What's my favorite TV show? Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. I'm gonna go. There's a TV show that I'm really enjoying right now called Riverdale. Oh, wow. <laughs> How about you? Okay. Uh, mine is SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Yes, I love SpongeBob too. And you know what's been cool is you know we've had a um, he listens a lot of or watches a lot of Nickelodeon shows, so we've yeah. been able to bring on a lot of the people that he sees on that show onto our show. So that's been pretty cool. For that him. is so exciting. I love that. <laughs> so we are a family show. See? Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's fantastic. <laughs> okay, so what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is uh, Wedding Crashes. How about yeah. yours? Uh, mine is the Minion movie. The Minions? Oh, I love that too. That's such a fun movie. Yeah. And, and they, they suck you in too because like Despicable Me too, I think is my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> you get sucked in and he'll quit watching and we'll finish it. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> Bye, thanks. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, he's been in almost every episode, so it's been pretty cool. Oh, that is so much fun. That is so much fun. <clears throat> so we've got a few more questions and we'll let you go on and yeah. get back to your thing. Okay, perfect. Right. What are a couple of your favorite tablescapes and themes that you've created? So I, I absolutely love doing a Great Gatsby uh, table setting because I think it's always so much fun, especially like if you have guests there for them to dress up 1920s. Uh, um, yes. so I love I love the Gatsby Great Gatsby book at school and then the movie obviously so that's one of my favorite themes. Um, I also absolutely love doing um, like an outdoor beach setup because uh, I do yeah. on the yachts and I do it like very like bohemian rustic sort of boho chic sort of uh, setup and that's like more out on the beach picnic sort of style. Um, and then another top one that I love to do, I'm trying to think if there was one on the show that I really loved. Um, I did like a Spanish theme because we were in, in Palma. 
the time. So I had access to so so many cool bits of decor and I did like a whole tapas lunch, which was really fun because a lot of the time with my tablescapes, I'll tie it in with the food. So oh, awesome. it, yeah, so it will be like a whole full on theme. So we did like a tapas style lunch, um, had everyone sit on the floor around the table and then I did oh. like really fun Spanish uh, tent setup. Oh, cool. Oh, awesome. Mm -hmm. And what would you like your legacy to be? What would you ultimately like to be known and remembered for? So I would love to be known as the greatest tablescape artist that ever lived. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yes. That is awesome. <laughs> so um, this is kind of a two-part question. I want to go in two different ways. Um, what advice would you give someone, say, who wants to work on a yacht like you do um, uh -huh. to kind of get started in that arena? And the second part is the other way. What advice would you give someone who's trying to break into the entertainment world? Because it's kind of two separate things. I had to ask yeah. it. Because usually I can ask it one way, but I was like, okay, this is like two different paths. So I need to ask it in two different ways. For sure. I mean, for the yachting industry, I'd say um, to break in, it's a, like the like the entertainment industry. It is a lot about who you know and networking. Um, you know, you obviously have to get all your courses behind you and, and whatnot. And then once you've done all your basic courses, which you can look up online, we have like an SDCW, which includes everything from like firefighting to medical to safety at sea. You have to have all of that as your basic startup. And then it's just kind of making sure you have like a very standout resume, you know, being authentic to yourself. And then the whole thing of like persistence is key. Just never give up. You have to get out there. You have to meet people. You have to network. You have to socialize. You have to really, yeah, just get your name out there. Um, and always, always remain um, professional for the yachting industry. Um, the entertainment side of things, I would say, again, it's breaking into it is extremely, extremely hard. I could not sugarcoat that like enough. Um, because I think a lot of the time people get lucky breaks, you know, and um, mm -hmm. right, place, right place, right time. Um, you know, when I first started out in the in the entertainment industry, I went actually to study in LA for, I did a short course after I'd done my degree in South Africa and I was out in Los Angeles. And a lot of people were all like, oh yeah, well, it's very heavily based on what you look like. But I've kind of found that complete opposite, you know, oh, I wow. think um, yeah. It's your character and it's what people yes. are looking for. So a lot of the time people say, it's not you, it's them. And I, I really think that that statement's very true um, because even for like a reality show, you know, you might not get cast in the role and it's not because you don't fit the look or you don't fit the character, but it's because your personality type won't clash or gel with the rest of the, the crew on the reality show, you know? so. They, they pick certain types of characters and people, whether it's on a reality TV show or a movie, um, yeah. and it's all yeah. about what they're looking for. But again, with entertainment, I would say, again, it's all about networking and getting your name out there and just beating down the door. And my, <laughs> my favorite, set, like you've done with your podcast, and I, I think my favorite saying ever is what I say to people all the time is, you know, um, if, if opportunity doesn't come knocking, build a door. Yeah, that's what we that. did with the show. Yeah, you know, we, never, do that, we so. just created the show, and it's like, yeah, you know, and you're talking about people with lucky breaks. Really, lucky break happens after you've built your foundation. 
Right. Very right. seldom does a lucky break happen to someone who's not built nothing. So, and, and like like with us, you know, we we we've been in the music industry for a little while. Then we start this podcast. Then we had some contacts in Nashville that we reached out to and we were starting to get some people on the show. And I remember I was at the point where, and I think this was our first breakthrough of the show about two months in, it was, I think COVID has just started really happening. And we were, uh, I was frustrated. I was like, I, I want to grow the show. I want to get bigger people on. And I remember getting an email from a PR company said, we'd like to get six of our um, artists on your show. And I'm scanning through this list. Right. And I seen one of them was Anna Christina Cash. So I was like, I wonder if she's related to the Cash family. Right. And so I looked her up. Oh, she's married to John Carter Cash, yes. who's the son of Johnny Cash and right. June Carter Cash. Oh my God. And I was like, oh yeah, we'll take all six. And I was smart because I said, you know what? We want to do Anna first because, yeah, and they agreed. But my, my thinking was, well, if we do a bad interview, they might not give us the rest. So let's get, yeah. let's get the one I want. And, yeah. and we did it. And then that, because of that interview, it brought Carlene Carter on, which then brought Jenny Gill on, which then brought um, Georgette. Georgette Jones on. Oh my which, gosh. You know, so all of a yeah, sudden we had kids. these legacy kids all come on the show and that built the foundation to where now all of a sudden when we, reach out to people for Randy Travis and people like that. They were saying yes, because mm -hmm. we've already, we, you know, so yeah, that foundation, but yeah. yet that lucky break that we got was kind of Anna Christina cash, but we were still several months in, we were working our guts out. And again, that's work, a lot of work and some luck. Sure. And I'm sure at some points in time, you were also like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, you, I think we all get to the point where, oh, should I just give up on this or should exactly. I go? And it's just, that, you know, you keep going. I and still feel like that way sometimes. Yes. Sometimes. I feel, yeah. I mean, so do I. Like, even after I, I kind of got my book out, now it's like getting, being able to sell the book. So it's kind yeah. of, you've got to just keep the hustle alive and, and keep it all going. Yeah. And um, if, if you can't do it that way, you've got to change direction and, and try to figure out another way to kind of get it going. So um, I think that's also just quickly to answer your question about yachting and, um, and breaking into the entertainment industry is I don't think there's any right way. I think there's various different ways and yeah. you've got to be creative yeah. with, with uh, your, your approach. And, you know, you're talking about have to change direction. It's kind of what we did because we, as I told you before the show, we started as a up and coming country artist show. Right. Which then became a music show which then became an entertainment interview show. So we've had to kind of, as things happen within COVID and society, we're like, okay, let's add this, let's change this, let's change that. And then now we're here as a, just an entertainment interview show with eventually our goal, our ultimate goal is to be the first married couple TV daytime talk show. Oh my gosh. Yes. you Because there ain't none of that. There's not yeah. one yet. That's fantastic. So so that's the, so. What is your ultimate goal? Not not necessarily a legacy like CS, but what's what's next for you? Next between now and next five years. So I would I would also absolutely love to have like a um, travel show that kind of you know visits different places and different cultures, oh, wow. but incorporates the idea of of how people entertain at home. Oh wow! So, oh, that would be fun. But all the way, like all over the world. So different huh. countries, different, yeah, different cultures and 
you know, how they celebrate and entertain because I think it is such a big part of life that we don't give it enough credit, you know, and I think more and more these days people are starting to celebrate more and, you know, a large part of about like in my book is that you don't have to be all over the top and expensive and have brand name cutlery and chinaware and all this. You can really yeah. use items yeah. in and around your home to create something spectacular. Love that. Love and, you know, our plan next year actually is to take our show on the road. We, we'd like to get a sponsor and we get an RV and as a family and travel from city to city yeah. for about a month and interview people face to face uh, oh, on what they're doing, uh, you know, within the entertainment world. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That would be incredible. So hopefully you just the pandemic's done by then and you can you can travel freely in your RV. Yeah, yes. that sounds great. That's a so as we come to a close here, um, tell everybody how they can reach out to you, get your book and all that. Perfect. So my book um, actually launched um, on the four, on May the 4th, so a couple of days ago, which was May really May the 4th be with you. May the 4th be with you. Um, so you can get it at pretty much any online store that sells books. Um, I have my own website, bugsydrake.com. Um, and then in terms of getting in touch just to chat or ask questions or whatever, I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Bugsy Drake. Love that. Awesome. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on today. And we definitely look forward to having you back down the road. Oh, I'd love that. I'd love that. And hopefully next time we'll be in in-person interview. That would be awesome. That would be uh, awesome. That'd be amazing. You'd be one of the cities we come to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored to have been on your show. It's a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. <laughs> okay.